the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, lots of headlines out there. And headlines are great. It gives us that opportunity to you know, go, ooh, ah, I remember why I like this stock. Or, ooh, ah, I remember why... The stock was flying high. Um, Google has a private ferry service for its San Francisco employees. Ooh. Apple stock store tops $10 billion in 2013. Sweet. Curve TVs come out of CES. You know what curve TVs uh, amount to the viewer? How it enhances our experience? Not at all. Sony announced its forthcoming internet TV service, which will start being tested this year, but they don't have the content to make it work. Content's very, very, very important. Um, Netflix can get away with charging $7.99, $8.99, $99 a month, but the content's not great. If they want to charge 20 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month, they're going to have to improve their content. A lot rides on Netflix's next cycle of content. Um, with house cards too. You know, I'll pay HBO for, at one point in time, True Blood, although that started to suck bad after the first season. And by suck, I'm not giving it the vampire reference. I'll pay for Game of Thrones because that's not on any other channel. But AMC's Walking Dead, will I pay 20 bucks for, you know, one show? Or will I wait for it to come out on DVD or Netflix? That's These are all questions. Like, in content's very, very important to ruminate and think about. Intel unveiled some massive innovations yesterday. They, they unveiled a computer the size of a golf ball, which is pretty cool because uh, when you saw what it can do, you could put a tag on your baby, and that golf ball could now put a tag on your coffee cup, and you could see from while drinking your coffee, is your baby sleeping, is your baby awake, is your baby tumbling, uh, turning around a lot? And it's all the size of a golf ball. So we're starting to see some innovations on the house. Um, the Internet of Things. You know, we didn't used to monitor our baby with a sensor. And, you know, we certainly didn't project that onto our coffee mugs. 
So we used to have that, that old laptop uh, that we would lug around. To get your calls on the air today, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The most amazing thing that came out of CES so far is a smart bowl, as far as buzz goes. Now, we know about charging pads. This is a charging pad that is a smart bowl. Now, unlike a pad, it's a little bit more attractive. So you could dump your phone, your iPod, your earpiece, your Fitbit, any other gadget into it, and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, it becomes fully charged. You can put your keys in it. We all have, we all have uh, gadgets, and we all have car keys, and we all have, you know, that bowl at our house that we put our sunglasses or something in. So we didn't learn a lot about it. So, and right now it's just prototype, but it works. Um, how it works is cause cancer and things like that. We don't know, but for now it works. The uh, big freeze that we're having across the United States, think about how much it's going to cost the U.S. economy. I'll give you a second, I'll give you a second, I'll give you a second. The big freeze, half the country is in a deep freeze. Uh, Deep freezes, for the record, make babies, which help the economies, because people stay in and get under the covers. But in the short term, what does it do? Five billion dollars for the U.S. economy. It's not good. It's not horrific. We're a much bigger economy than $5 billion, but you can start seeing where it becomes a problem, right? Are you with me against me? Got a big side. 800-516-1220 calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. This is an interesting day because we get the Fed minutes, Fed Open Market Committee meeting minutes today, and we're going to parse it. We're going to look at it and say, give me two words. Monetary easing, monetary tightening, uh, tapering bigger, tapering smaller, no taper, double taper. Um, so we're paying attention to that. November retail sales. November retail sales. We're not even in December. But this is November uh, retail sales for Eurozone, up 1.4%. That was the largest monthly increase in 12 years. Europe's coming back a little bit. It won't be obvious but it will be a slow trend that slowly adds up. And then it was like, oh, that was obvious. But you can look at Europe and still see a lot of problems. So it's not going to be like, aha, I'm doubling down. And it's not going to be that way. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. I'd like two calls this hour. Or I'm going to unleash my wrath on you. Just throwing it out there for you. Um. Uh, the craft beer boom added $34 billion to the U.S. economy last year. Beer. Now, you joke about that. You laugh about that. And, again, life is about figuring out the way to maximize your income from age 20 to 60. And then living off what you created in income from 60 to 100. Certain states clearly, clearly much better for the craft beer boom. California, Texas, New York, Pennsylvania, Colorado had the biggest economic uh, contribution overall. Oregon was the best state on a per capita level. $448 a person, followed by Colorado, Vermont, Maine, and Montana. Now, when you see that big of a, a kick, that's pretty impressive. And it, again, it shows you that... Um, there's new careers out there. 
Are you sitting on your butt doing nothing, or are you trying to figure it out? I went to the Russian River Brewery over Christmas, and thank you, little piney the younger, please. And I cannot tell you how crazy it was. There was an hour and a half wait out the door for beer. Their pizzas are good. Their sandwiches are good. Their beer is fantastic. And the owner of this restaurant is beating people away. He could expand. Nah, not doesn't really want to. You know, I'm, not, I'm not speaking for him. But from what I've heard, he hasn't done a lot of expansion for an obvious reason. It's just not, you know, it gets into more taps, sure. But he's there is somebody who saw an opportunity, took it and ran with it. That restaurant is busy all day long. Lagunitas did a similar thing. And um, long story short, in Petaluma, they revitalized uh, one part of Petaluma with their brewery. Oil rises above $94 a barrel today. Forest Labs buying Aptalis for $2.9 billion. One of the things about Wall Street that you don't know that kind of frustrates you but also reassure you on why you're doing it is Wall Street will use some IPOs and some smaller companies as kind of feeding ground to buy into and add to their product line. Whether it's you know Google buying a little advertising company, whether it's Yahoo getting, you know, um, David Pogue from the New York Times to do a magazine because mobile magazines seem to be the thing. Forest Labs is buying Aptalis, which specializes in treatments for gastrointestinal problems and cystic fibrosis. Forest Labs and CEO said that the transaction would help his company diversify its business. Got a big of it coming up in Palo Alto on the 16th, one week from Thursday. You can learn more about income and retirement at robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Alan Mulally is not going to Microsoft. And last year, Microsoft stock went up on the thought that potentially, maybe, hopefully, they can get the guy that was in charge of Ford when it went from a stinking, rotten, uh, needs-a-bailout company to standing on their own and doing pretty good. And ultimately, it didn't. So Microsoft's selling off recently. Ford was a great company that was left for dead, got a new CEO from Boeing. It's, things started to move. Things got a little bit more efficient. Things Stocks started moving higher. And then there was rumor that the CEO was going to leave to Microsoft. So their stock went lower. Guess what it's doing now? It's moving higher. Uh, Wall Street's pretty easy to figure out at times, but... We make it very, very difficult. Maybe I'm just getting better at this. Like, I just sit here and do this all day. Um, to the point, like, it's it's not healthy. 
Um, but I see Ford having some upside all the way up to 18. It's at 1560. Is that an amazing upside? No. No. Uh, is that as sexy as Twitter or Facebook or Yahoo CEO Marissa Mayer? No. But I don't play the game of having to hit home runs. I'm not Barry Bonds. In my 20s, I was Barry Bonds. I'll let other people lie to you who are 50-plus years old and tell you how smart they are. Fine. A lot of people in this industry who um, aren't very good at what they do. Just be cautious. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You know, a couple years ago, I remember... You know, having to log into my iTunes account to see uh, a trailer for a new movie that was coming out. I don't know. I'm, again, as I get older, I don't really care about movies and trailers and things like that. Um, but now trailers are not coming out on Yahoo or Apple. They're coming out on YouTube. And there's a pretty obvious reason for it. Apple used to have a lot of traffic on iTunes. That was impressive. Yahoo used to have a lot of traffic on their main page, which was impressive. But they lacked something. They lacked that social angle. And that's why YouTube is garnering the releases of trailers. The new trailer for Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and 22 Jump Street, posted on YouTube. You know, of course there's things like that woman who does the aerobics class with poodles on YouTube, which for the life of me why that person is not euthanized not the dog the person I don't get so social is critically important I've got a friend who's a financial planner and his marketing company is doing a lot of work on websites and I'm like that's not social enough and you have to you know the buzzwords of tech again are social mobile cloud um, maybe payments you could throw in there but no one's talking about desktops no one's talking about websites and they redid his website and he's like look at my website look at my website I'm like and they redid his email and he's like look at my email look at my email do you know what email is today email is the 21st century fax machine it's clunky and, and redundant um, I'm going to have a little bit of I'm, I'm going to go I don't really want to say, I guess. I'm taking Monday off. And I was trying to set up some production for television, either today or tomorrow. And I emailed my producer, and she didn't respond. So I texted her. And then she responded. She goes, "Um, I'm like, this was Tuesday yesterday. I said, can you help me Wednesday or Thursday? And um, for the TV show on Monday. And she texted back, I'm sick. I can't stand up. And I was like, okay, so you don't respond to email, but you respond to this. I'm sick. I can't stand up. Lovely. Um, Does that mean you can't stand up Wednesday and Thursday? Does that mean you have a flu that's going to be over in 24 hours? Does that mean let's check back in tomorrow? No, I'm sick. I can't stand up. Texting is the 21st century email. Digital contact with one another. Um... I think voice calls feel archaic at times. They're too long and drawn out. They don't get to the point. 
speaking of Twitter and you know texting and, and sending messages, Twitter needs to come up with some sort of secure platform of messaging. That would help. That's a product that they could launch down the road. Um, copy Snapchat. Twitter was cut to sell today over at Cantor Fitzgerald. I like Twitter's business model. I don't like Twitter stock. Now, can we both, can me and my one listener out there raise our hands and say, you can like a stock or a business model or a business model and not the stock or the stock and not the business model? For instance, I don't like Philip Morris International. I think they make cancer sticks, but I like the stock. I like Twitter service, and I see the potential in advertising tied towards the hundreds and thousands, sometimes millions of people that will follow TV shows or celebrities. And, you know, the next thing Brian Cranston does from Breaking Bad, you know, advertisers are going to want to, you know, Tide are going to want to, like, push his tidy whities on Breaking Bad uh, replays. Tide's going to want to push their, you know, uh, detergent on Brian Cranston's new project in case he needs to wash his tidy whities Like, there are going to be millions of eyeballs tied towards these people. And, again, it's, it's a messaging service. But Cantor Fitzgerald downgrades Twitter today, and they basically see a $36, $32 price target for the company. And that's when it becomes good. That's when it becomes a good, nice, fair growth value stock. Wall Street's never fairly priced. It's either overpriced or underpriced. And the first couple months of an IPO, people are excited, so it tends to be overpriced. On February 15th, the first lockup period of Twitter happens. That is when you might be able to get the first chance to start seeing normalized valuations on the company. Normalized for a hyper-growth company? Fine. It's not going to be normalized for a value company because they've got new product they can launch. They've got you know employees that they're trying to retain. The biggest challenge to tech companies right now are, are retaining employees. It's not the innovation because the innovation is happening, and the innovation is happening from one, two, three, four, you know, man companies, startups. Their biggest challenge is getting engineers to stay because to bring someone in is expensive. To train them is expensive. To retain them, not so much. So they have to throw perks at them, which start to add up. The S&P 500 is up fractions today. The Dow is down 52. The NASDAQ up 11. I thought it was going to be a stronger day. The ADP jobs report was pretty solid. That should lead to a good jobs number on Friday, which should lead to Alan Mulally staying at Ford and selling more trucks, which should lead to 4G-enabled trucks, which should lead to Twitter in our cars. Got a big income for retirement event coming up next Thursday, the 17th. The 16th, excuse me, the 16th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, 6.39 p.m. It's Income and Retirement Alternatives to Bonds. You can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that I do is I'll take on controversy, and I don't mind it. I think it comes with the territory. One thing I won't do is tell you how great I am. When I do, it's in a mocking way. I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, what I'll also do is tell you, I've never been sued. I've never been in litigation. And that's pretty important. Um, I was looking up one of the more famous, I don't know, media types who closed his mutual fund last year. I was surprised to see how often he got sued and how much money he settled for. Like, it's tough to stay in business when you're sued. Like, if a tree from my house fell on my neighbor's house, I might go out of business, if you know what I'm saying, personally. So on occasion, I'll, I'll look up people just to see you know, what others in the industry are doing. Uh, you know, anyway, I, I'm digressing a bit. But Constellation Brands is a company I'll talk about. They make Mondavi, Clasebois, uh, Manischewitz, which, careful how you say it in radio and television, right? Uh, they have Grupo Modelo. They got Corona Modelo, Especial Negro Modelo. They got other beers. They got Sped Cup Vodka. They got Black Velvet Whiskey. They got wine, beers, and spirits. Again, I think we all know what booze is, right? Is booze a good investment? It's a sin, according to some, right? Smoking's a sin, according to some. Uh, Constellation Brands had a blowout quarter. Ticker symbol is STZ. This is a stock that I think you could own for many, 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 many years. Of course, it's going to have years of underperformance, like it did from 2005 to 2010. But I think the direction that it goes in a 20, 30, 40-year period is attractive. Just throwing it out there for you. I think you should consider it. I'm not saying you should buy it. Maybe you should compare it to another SIN company and say, I'm going to own one SIN. Maybe you can own a whole portfolio of SIN, like Vicex funds, V-I-C-E-X funds. It's a mutual fund dedicated to missiles and cigarettes and booze. They may even have a strip club like Rick's Cabaret in there. I'm not sure they do. I'm not sure they don't. I haven't looked at the Vice Fund recently. SP 500 is up one right now. The Dow is down 51. The Nasdaq up 16. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him as always at NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Chad, we recently got into a discussion with a caller who was afraid of the markets, mm-hmm. and that concept is funny to me because markets don't like intrude into your life. They don't chop down your door, they don't steal from you. And to be afraid of the markets tells me he's probably approaching investing with the wrong attitude. It's more of a gamble for him than an investment. People get afraid of their emotions. So, I mean, I've been in the business for almost 20 years, and you see large corrections. And and what I've learned very quickly is people have very short-term memories. Um, Every year you tend to have three up, you know, an average of three, five to seven percent corrections, and every three years a twenty percent correction. And unfortunately, people invest with their emotions, where they think they can be smarter, and they think that timing the market really makes a difference. The fact is, is that you know, every time you look at corrections five to ten years out, the chart's going to be higher. So if you think you can time that and save money and be in cash with all of your assets, you're insane. The better approach is is to be in stuff that that you like. 
if the market conditions change and you're more of a slow growth economy or recession, you go more into defensive things that pay more dividends. So the chart will be higher eventually. And why not along the way, why not collect these dividends and continue to add to the number of shares so that when the chart's higher, you have more shares and you're a happier person. Um, so if you're sitting there with cash, the markets run up, and now you're sitting at all-time highs and you're thinking, well, did I miss it? Should I go in at all? You get this panic situation to buy. So then you go from a panic situation to sell now, now to feel anxious about buying. So for people that are like that, what they really need to do is have a dollar cost averaging plan where they say, okay, I'm going to create my financial plan. I need to know where I am in life. I need to know what asset allocation is going to get me to my goals. And then pick three to six months where you average into your portfolio. You do it systematically. On uh, I like to do it every two weeks. But uh, if you're doing it on your own, maybe you do it every month. And you you don't let the emotions drive your decisions. You write your plan down on paper and you build your portfolio over time and you rebalance on at least an annual basis and stick with that. That has worked over the last 110 years. Not, no, I've never met anybody that times the market perfectly. Timing the market in retirement is imper- important only when you peel off your gains, but not trying to be in or out. It doesn't work that way. And that's why I like dividends, because when you invest in dividend-paying stocks, you get paid to wait. And some stocks you get paid two to five percent to wait um so you know you've got to have a plan that takes the emotion out of it i will say this rob that the 2013 highs that we're seeing right now um read an article the other day at bloomberg that was talking about if you look at any other market high where the market gets to a high point and has trouble breaking through it over a period of time if you look at the price to earnings ratio the pe ratio at other market highs that we've had since the 80s Versus now, stocks are actually cheaper on a P.E. ratio basis. So, um, you know, right now the, the proof's in the pudding in terms of companies being able to continue to grow their earnings. But it's not like stocks are outrageously expensive at this high. It's just that markets have a tougher time. Once they get to an all-time high, it takes a while to break through it. Sounds good. As far as the opposite of that, where people, you know, see instead of the markets as fearful, they see the markets as, ooh, I can make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I have to tone those people down too. Like I have to, uh, you know, ramp up and, and cheerlead the people who think things are evil, and I have to ramp people down who think things that are speculative. Yeah. Um, and and it, it runs deep. You know, Google's had an amazing run at a period of time, going from 600 to 850. And people forget last time they reported earnings, the stock fell 10. percent That's like be greedy when others are fearful. Be fearful when others are greedy. And you just got to temper your enthusiasm. Everything in moderation, even moderation. If you feel like you're pushing the buy or sell button based on any type of emotion, come back to it in 24 hours. Because I bet the next day you'll be able to find an article that makes you think the other way. There's always news out there. There's always Greek debt, European debt, U.S. debt, uh, you know, Lehman Brothers, whatever it may be. There's always something that can make you either fearful or greedy if you read. Overall, how do you think greedy and fearful people end up on Wall Street? How do they end up on Wall Street? Yeah. How do you think it ends for them? In a sleeping bag outside of a building on Wall Street? I'm with you. <laughs> so just try to cut greed, and I guess that's where we came back to. The guy was fearful of the market, and I guess all we need to say is cut greed and cut fear out of your emotion base when it deals with investing for the future. Makes me want to find Spock and hire him because he had no emotion. It's interesting because one of the things that I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the Spock of money. Um, it's interesting. One of the things that I, I come back to again and again and again is, 
adjust, look at the time frames. I mean, I'd be afraid of not being in the market if you look at a 40-year market you know, chart. I'd, so anyway, I'd be greedy. You, like, you have to. And, and you know, in a historically low interest rate environment, you're going to have to deal with more volatility if you want to be able to invest and get, retire- get to retirement. Yeah, I'm with you. Anyway, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And one way you can get to better educate yourself is come out next Thursday, Palo Alto, Elks Lodge. It's the 16th of January. It's early in January, but it's now is a good time to get started on thinking about income. You can't just have bonds in retirement unless you have $5 million. You're not going to create enough income in the bond market at this point in time satisfy you and then you're going to expose your income your principal to inflation risk so you can't do that so chad and i are going to be talking about some alternatives for income investing in retirement uh, but also for some of you who you know want to come out and, and and learn about you know how to structure a portfolio it's a little bit of an art you know i think billy bean from the oakland a's knows how to structure a baseball team and keep cost effective. Uh, maybe I'm stretching the analogy there, but I don't think so. Uh, to get your calls in the air today, it's 800-516-1220. But again, if you want to sign up for that event, it's next Thursday. Not this Thursday, but next Thursday, eight days from now in Palo Alto, Elks Lodge. It's an income and retirement portfolio planning event. Um, plus, you know, obviously, some retirement issues as well. Uh, lots of content, lots of information will be given out. So i uh, love to see you out there. Uh, you can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Companies in the United States added 238,000 jobs in December. That's interesting to note. Our payroll numbers come out on Friday. They usually come out on the first Friday of the month. This time it's the second Friday of the month, probably because of the holidays and also uh, the winter storm. Uh, it's going to create some blips. Weather problems, in, they're not great, but we should be moving in the right direction. Deep freeze puts $5 billion chill on our economy as people aren't spending. They're waiting to get home. Comcast grows subscribers for the first time in 26 quarters. They're in the CES Las Vegas show. Some of their announcements are pretty impressive. Um, you know, a remote control that does voice commands? <laughs> eh. I'm not sure that's a game changer. Not sure at all. I think their Xfinity TV service that they're working on is great. Isn't enough to satisfy that $150 cable bill that we have? Whew. I don't think so. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Stay tuned. We're going to look at the market numbers and ways that you can save more money in 2014. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So Yahoo is throwing a lot of money from Alibaba, which is going to be the Facebook of 2014 as far as IPOs go. That they own a large stake in. They're throwing a lot of money at content, and they're throwing a lot of money at mobile. They're throwing a lot of money at, at content for mobile. 
They've got 400 million mobile users. They expect to get up to about 800 million. They've spun a company called Aviate. It's a startup that made software that can organize the apps on your phone's home screen according to what's the best guess that you're looking for. Um, I want Angry Birds at 10 o'clock at night. I want Candy Crush at 10 o'clock at night when I'm in that bed mode, right? I want maps at 4 in the morning at 10 a.m. in the morning when I'm driving. So I want my smartphone to reconfigure and be smart. It's kind of what Google's home is trying to do. It's kind of what Facebook's uh, homepage, hijacking your homepage last year, tried to do and failed miserably. It's one of the biggest tech disasters last year. But it, it's a pretty cool concept. I give Yahoo credit. Ruby Tuesday is tanking today, and I've been saying for a while, and I know I'm the only one who's saying this, that restaurants in America are changing. Um, Darden is dangerous to me. Ruby Tuesdays is dangerous to me. When I was 20 and poor, starting a company, Ruby Tuesdays made a lot of sense. Um, I didn't know that you could pay 30 or $40 for a steak. I didn't know. Your horizons when you're 20 aren't very big. There's a restaurant in my hometown called Town that it's just unbelievable food. There's a restaurant down in Saratoga called Saint Sauvé. Unbelievable food. I didn't know when I was 20 that that existed in the world. TGIF, Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, a lot of what I would now refer to as a food snob is kind of white trash food. Again, I'm saying in this analogy, food snob would look at it as it's beneath me. Those restaurants are getting clobbered. They're getting destroyed. Companies like McDonald's are scrambling to figure out relevancy. And they're a multi-billion dollar profit company. And it's all from fresh food. It's all from 20-somethings, 30-somethings that are now going, you know what? I'd rather stay at home than eat a $10 steak. I'd rather go get a $6 steak and do it myself. So last year was a cross-the-board crazy good run for stocks. And Ruby Tuesday's ticker symbol RT still managed to be a loser. Down 14%. Their profit over the past two years has missed Wall Street consensus expectations in seven out of eight quarters. So, yes, there will always be a place for McDonald's and, and Wendy's in this world. Yes, there will always be a place for TGIF and probably for things like Ruby Tuesday's. But as an investor, I can't make a case for it. As far as a, uh, a case for being 20-something and wanting food in your belly, yeah. But 20-somethings want fresh food in their belly, and I can make a case for growth there. 800-516-1220. The cold snap across the United States is causing America $5 billion in economic damage. Wow. A restaurant owner is selling his business in Texas to support a waitress with a brain tumor. Um, Brittany Mathis, 19 years old, was diagnosed with a ping-pong-sized brain tumor in December. She doesn't have health insurance, and her dad died of a similar condition years ago. She doesn't know if the tumor is malignant or benign. So he's selling his restaurant. It's called Wonder Bar, worth $2 million, to help her pay for her medical bills. It's a nice story. I think it's amazing when you hear stories like this. More often than not, you know, uh, I was witness to a Christmas miracle where 
someone gave away some bread. You know, some friends cook bread for each other at Christmas and wrap it up in tinfoil and drop it off. Someone gave half their eaten tinfoil bread to a homeless person, and they were thrilled with themselves. Like, look what I did. I helped a homeless person. I gave them half-eaten bread. I'm like, what are we going to do tomorrow? <laughs> like, what are we going to do the next day? And the next day... So, short-term, you feel good, but the distance between what you expect in life versus what you settle for in life is, is pretty hardcore. And uh, our, our expectations are pretty high. Ralph Lauren's niece. I love stories like this. Once you have a great story about a restaurant owner selling his business to help a 19-year-old waitress, Ralph Lauren's niece arrested for allegedly being drunk and verbally abusive on a New York-bound flight. Don't you love it when uber-wealthy people decide that, you know what, I'm kind of above the law. I'm going to get dangerously drunk and uh, force the Delta flight, which was in Barcelona, to make an unplanned two-hour stop in Ireland. She was moved from flight and arrested. Can you imagine, at that point in time, it's time to, to get into counseling. Whether it's psychological counseling or alcohol counseling, making threats and abusive comments, enough to pose danger to yourself or others, Alcohol can be really, really bad. Being rich, being rich and uh, abusive with alcohol can be really, really bad. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. McDonald's Worldwide has um, different products and different foods. And I'm always impressed. They've got some fries in Japan that have cheese on top. And bacon on top of the cheese, so the bacon flavored topping. But it's you know it's McDonald's, so it's not real bacon. It's bacon flavor, <laughs> and it's cheese, but it's not real cheese. So it's so disgusting and wonderful all at the same time. I'm intrigued. The brighter the yellow cheese, the the more I don't want it. Anyhow and anyway, let's uh, get back to business, shall we? You got me all off track. I blame you, not me. Talking food. Uh, Treasuries are sliding after December employment report, setting the expectation for additional tapering. The Fed's going to come out with their minutes at 1 o'clock Pacific time. Is that right? 14? No, 11 o'clock Pacific time. Strength today in healthcare, financials, materials, and technology. Weakness in consumer discretionary. Consumer staples. Market's a little mixed. We're starting the year kind of eh. Not too exciting, but we had an exciting year last year, so you blend it together, it's great. SP 500's up one, the Dallas down 48, the Nasdaq down up 13. Going to be doing an event in Palo Alto, an income and retirement event next Thursday, Palo Alto Elks Club. Sign up for the event 639 at robblack.com. Stock market to make sure his pals make a bunch of money so he can tax them to fill the trip. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be... And solutions. The bottom line for... Clearly marked with a $1,500 price tag, but that... The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black, 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
Welcome in, Rob Black here, my I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, just typing up some notes, sorry about that. Comcast is out there today, growing subscribers for the first time in 26 quarters. I find this interesting because they're at CES, and last year at CES I saw one of their modems that they're going to put in your home that does this, this crazy streaming of uh, broadband and, and content through your various devices. Still haven't got that modem in my home. This year they're showing off voice-activated remote controls. They're talking about how they've served 30 billion on-demand orders for content and how they say, that's a store. Like, you should look at us as a store. Um, Lionsgate Universal, Fox, they're all on board for options to rent or buy movies. Been a pretty big success. Comcast, Xfinity TV service is a bit of a game changer in their opinion. Top digital seller, Fast and Furious 6, Hunger Games, Despicable Me 2 because of the free service. So they're trying to stay relevant in an era where Americans are, are bitter that we could see 7.99 Netflix, that we could see 8.99 Hulu, and we could see 150 dollar cable bill. Um, they're trying, trying to stay relevant. It's an interesting concept. It's the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's not true on Wall Street. Hey, I think McDonald's stock is impressive. I'm at the point, though, that I could also say I think they're starting to lose some relevancy. And they need to figure that out. Their smoothies aren't doing it. Their egg white muffins aren't doing it. Of course they'll stay a staple in a lot of people's diets. So they're not going to go away, but their relevance going forward is less dictating their future and others are dictating their future Yahoo for their part Marissa Meyer comes in from Google and I think she's done a pretty good job Uh, she was at CES and they were showing off some product and believe it or not she's turned into the Steve Jobs showman I think Mark Benioff Jeff Bezos They've picked up a little bit of that Steve Jobs innovation and getting to the right sectors before others do. Uh, but she's got the showman thing going pretty good that Steve had. So maybe it's not one person who's going to replace Steve. Maybe it's going to be multiple. And again, I know people who directly work for Steve, and he was a jerk. He was a Richard. Um, but he presents really well. And ultimately, his demands for quality, you know, created quite a change in culture. I was reading a story, and I'm always fascinated by people who are able to reinvent themselves. I think it's one of the greatest things about being American, is the ability to reinvent yourself. I'll get to that in just a moment. But before I do, treasuries are sliding today. Employment report this morning was better than expected, ADP. Now, ADP is a little bit lumpy. And what do I mean by that? Think of lumpy gravy, biscuit gravy, where sometimes you're like, ooh, what was that? Like, it's, then it thins out, then it thins out, then it thins out, then you're like, ooh, another lump. It's not consistent. It's like back in the 1980s and early 90s, Green Bay Packers would go like 1-7 and seven, they'd go 7-1. and one. Or they'd go 4-4 four and four, and then go 4-4. Four and four. Like, they were just, ugh, put together some sort of consistent run. Don't be so... Anyway, where do I go with this? Um, 
ADP is not always consistent, so it's a tough one to read, but Friday we're going to do a big jobs report. If I die right now, know that jobs, first Friday of the month, except for this time because of the holidays, jobs are really important. The FOMC meeting minutes today. Um, they're not very cryptic. They're actually saying a lot of things like, we're going to taper fast, we're going to taper more, we're going to taper less. We're going to taper big, we're going to taper small, we're going to taper wide. Whatever they say, we're going to pay attention to. Because it'll tell us what's going to happen with the 10-year treasury. It'll tell us what to expect going forward for monetary policy. Google shares hit a new all-time high today. Congratulations, Google. I hate begging for sound effects. Google shares hit an all-time high today. Congratulations, Google. Thank you so much. Oh, wake up. So, where do we go? Google is a company that I think has a nice future. Would I pay full price for it today? No. Would I buy it over the next five years, five times? Yeah. Um, I think Google's cheaper than Facebook. I think Facebook's cheaper than Twitter. You know, those are the companies that I'm going to compare each other to. Does that make sense? Is Google appropriate for my mother? No chance on the planet. No chance on the planet. Is a nice regional bank fund appropriate for my mother? Sure. There's some stories out there today that Chris Christie shut down some lanes of the Washington Bridge that go straight into Fort Lee, New Jersey. That's a way to get back at the New Jersey mayor for not endorsing him. Don't you hate politics at times? Again, I know there's a story out today that Republicans, the, the number of voting Republicans in America is shrinking. And, you know, the cover story has like an elephant on it, like extinction. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, but don't you hate politics at times? Shutting down lanes of traffic to get back at a mayor. iShares NASDAQ biotech industry is higher by 1.6%. Apple's higher by half of 1%. Ending yesterday's session below its 50-day moving average. Dun, dun, dun! A lot of people look at the, you know, tick by tick, day by day. You know, there was a one point in time where the average stock was held for seven years and five years. It's done like five minutes for some people. Uh, I believe in the concept of buying great companies. I believe in the concept of outside of your company portfolio, individual stock portfolio, I think you should have an index portfolio where you accumulate wealth. And part of that... um, Part of that is tied towards um, exposure to like healthcare, great long-term growth. We know we're getting older. We know we're you know living longer. Healthcare is going to be there for a while. Uh, now there's parts of healthcare like pharmaceuticals or biotech that you can you know start to divvy up your attention and divvy up your assets. But if healthcare represents roughly 20% of our economy in the United States, it could start in your portfolio as roughly 20%. Now of course, depending on your age, you'll say, oh that's too much or you'll say that's too little. Uh, but it's not that hard to figure out asset allocations. I can tell you this, you don't want 100% tech. You don't want 100% consumer. You don't want 100% healthcare. You want to diversify it so that you don't get yourself in above your head. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Alan Mullally is bowing out of the Microsoft CEO race at Ford. 
Last year, Microsoft was like pretty excited. Stock. He's a great CEO. He came to Ford when they were dilapidated, falling apart, needed to bail out. Saved the company in a lot of people's minds. If he comes to Microsoft, think of the good things he can do for us. Well, he's not. He's going to stay at Ford at least for another year uh, through 2014. So Ford benefiting today, Microsoft being punished today. Buy on the rumors, sell on the news is what that's all about. Big event coming up at the Elks Club. It's in Palo Alto. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Retirement planning bond alternatives next Thursday, the 16th, from 6 to 9, 6.30 to 9 p.m. at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. His private payrolls to hit tops estimates. Good day to you. I'm Bob Moon. Stack added nine points, not quite a quarter percent, rising to 41.6. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. On AM 1220, KDOW. Yahoo stock doubled in 2013. Yesterday, Chris Meyer gave one of the keynotes at CES with some of the cast members from Saturday Night Live. One of the jokes was something about Bitcoin... If you want a stable currency, you skew Bitcoin and go put Monopoly money in your mattress. Um, Some of these things are horrific, but I think Marissa Mayer is doing a lot of things right. David Pogue, a former tech columnist at New York Times, is going to get his own content. Marissa Mayer is focusing on online magazines. They're trying to focus on the news being eight points per day. So like if it's a snowstorm, you have to now go through seven stories on the snowstorm to be done with it, but you're only going to have to read eight stories a day, but you're going to read eight times eight bullet points on those, and you'll be educated. Like, they're trying to figure some of this out, and I like it. I like it a lot. Katie Kirk was on stage. Um, am I an investor in, in Yahoo? No. Other than my S&P 500 funds, I don't part of it. Um, I don't play momentum past a certain point. When a stock goes up 100%, I'm out. If it goes up 50, 60%, I'm starting to think about getting out. Uh, I'm not, I look for pullbacks on momentum. Get your calls in the air. It's 800 516 It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. And it will be interesting to see how Yahoo does once they sell part of their uh, Alibaba stake, which is, again, it's turning into the Facebook of 2014 as the biggest IPO coming this year. Yeah. SP 500. Um, down fractions, Dow's down 67, the NASDAQ up 12. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's our house financial planner for Rob Black and your money. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of the questions that I get, Chad, on a regular basis are people who are trying to get the best stock, the best return on stocks, trying to beat the markets, trying to get yields for their cash that's higher than you know 0 to 1%, trying to chase performance. Let's talk about chasing performance, chasing yield. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I, I tend to say that anything over 6% is going to get start getting dangerous on you as far as income-oriented investing. 
Well, it's more than that now. So, I mean, if you're looking at some of the ETNs um, or ETFs that are in the muni bond area yep. and they're yielding over 4%, likely they're leveraged, okay. meaning they're borrowing money somewhere to buy even more so they can keep the yield up. So if you have any kind of a credit situation, let's say um, you know budget deficits of California get worse or uh, Spain and Italy become the next Greece, which looks like it could very well happen, um, and you have some sort of credit event, you could see those funds lose 10 to 15%. Um, High-yield bonds, you know, the... Those are really considered the other alternative name for high yield bond is junk bond. They're right. lower credit ratings, and again, you can see those move just like stocks in value. I uh, bought a lot of high yield stuff in convertible bonds in early 2009 that had 30% returns, and then I sold them. Um, still own actually a little bit now uh, because most funds to keep their interest rates above 4% own high yield and foreign bonds in some common stocks now. So um, you know people's portfolios are more have a higher beta now than they think. And we've seen entire firms you know, brought down like MF Global because they invested in Italian bonds a little bit too soon. Um, they're chasing performance. They're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Again, they went down for other reasons, but chasing yield can bring you down, and it can bring you down hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Franklin Templeton, one of the best foreign bond funds, they really stumbled in the, first, the last part of 2011, uh, went into Irish bonds and things like that too early. So... People stumble. And that's the other thing, too, Rob. Really, people need to be very careful of when you go through a period of increasing interest rates on being in really popular bond funds. Those are the funds where people cash out because they get scared, forcing the bond manager to sell bonds that they don't want to sell. You know, a lot of times if you hold the bond to maturity, you're going to end up being okay. But if your investors are dying for their money and you're forced to sell the bond at a loss, your NAV or your bond fund is going to fall. When do you think people should just say no to bond funds? Ever? Uh, Well, if you're in a stable interest rate environment um, or rates are high and they look like they're coming down, buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. Um, Right now, I like the liquidity. We've de-risked our bond portfolio, though, to go to some really well-managed, much smaller funds so we don't have to – and even less known funds so we don't have to deal with that run on bonds if in 12 months, you know, interest rates start to rise. Um, I would like to buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity, but the level that I have to buy them at, there's so many bonds out there paying at a premium. So in other words, you're going to pay $103 to $105 for a bond that's going to mature at $100 in five years. Have you ever considered um, like a a Ford bond or a GM bond? Because we we kind of assume those companies aren't going to go out of business. Yeah, but again, we're keeping an eye on our managers and make sure that they can get better prices than we can. Okay. You know what I mean? On an individual basis, and that's where you... Wait, wait, you said, do you know what I mean? And you looked at me like I know. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I have no clue what you just said there. Okay, so, well, when an individual buys a bond right. from a market maker, right. a lot of times you're paying a, a premium for a bond, and if you're buying at such a small level, you're going to get a much worse price than a PIMCO or somebody else that's a market maker in those areas. You I know what I mean? I'm as big as PIMCO. No, you're not as Well, you're a lot bigger than Bill Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the you might, have, you might have 60 pounds on that guy. He's, he's, a, little, he's a little yoga guy. You he just went from, himself backwards. You just went from subtle to not very subtle. <laughs> he's a little yoga guy. You met him? It, well, no. I think it's well known that he does like two hours of yoga a day or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing I can tell you about Bill Gross is that mustache just flips me out. When he has it, it flips me out. When he shaves it, it flips me out. Comes and goes. So anything else that we need to know about this topic on chasing yield? No, I think just people have to, you know, 
quarterly keep an eye on their bond funds and what's in them. Uh, a lot of bonds, funds that we own and were successful with, we had to sell because we were getting prospectuses saying they were going to start buying more common stocks. I've talked about this before, and I think this is going to be a theme through 2012. Um, and, uh, again, you look, I would rather own the individual bonds when interest rates are high and coming down. Right now I'm, I'm, I'm liking what my bond managers are doing in my funds. It's good stuff. It's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black. If you want to come out and meet me and Chad, we're going to be in Palo Alto, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday evening from 6.30 to 9. We're going to be doing an event on income and retirement at 6.30 to 9 at the Elks Club in Palo Alto. Uh, get there a little early if you want a hobnob. Stay a little late if you want a hobnob. Uh, but sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's a good way of supporting the show. And um, it's a good way of um, you know learning about income and retirement. Bring your questions. We answer most of them. Sometimes we can't answer them all because we run out of time. But you know we stay as late as we can. So Sony is going to come out with a new product this year. Oh, and sign up for that event next Thursday at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Sony's coming up with a TV service, internet-based pay television service. I think we're still another year away from what we want. Roku's going to be built into TVs. I still think we're about a year away from what we want, but it's going to be an exciting 12 to 24 months. I like the changes we're seeing. Follow me at robblack.com. Follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Follow me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black or Cron4 Rob Black. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I tried to do, I don't know if this is fair, one really solid segment per show that's really dedicated to getting you to think. I do a lot of business headlines, a lot of business news, a lot of stock headlines. But Goldman's top economist, of which there's big firms, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, um, Citibank, whatever you want to call them, that they have economists, they have strategists, they have analysts, they've got um, technicians, so they have these various heads that basically lead departments that basically the brokers follow. A broker is someone who works with a company who is an order taker. So you say you want to work with Bank of America, you go in, Bank of America signs you up with Merrill Lynch, their brokerage firm, and uh, they've got an associate broker who's going to call you and say, okay, Mr. Timmons, uh, let's talk about, you know, you've got an account with us for $100,000. 
you know, my top economist thinks that 2014 is going to be a good year. Do you think that's a good idea? That's a good idea, yeah. Okay, so in 2014, you're going to want to have a strategy that reflects growth. Does that sound good to you? That sounds good, right? That sounds good. Thank you, Mr. Timmons. And basically, the broker's job is to talk to you and get you to buy and sell stuff. That's the basic, okay? I could split hairs and start talking about like CFPs who are trying to get you to retirement, or as a broker is trying to do a transaction. I'm not a big fan of insurance brokers. I'm not a big fan of stock brokers. I think they're both very archaic and um, out of date, and you're out of touch if that's who you're using. If you're using Ameriprise Financial, uh, you're out of touch because they'll hire anyone, and that's not a good thing. Not very selective on credentials. Okay, so Goldman Sachs economist John Hadus, he's out with his top ten questions for 2014 um, and his answers. And this is pretty cool. And again, what's powerful about Goldman's, you know, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, is that they have hundreds and thousands of brokers that work underneath them that listen to these guys, and then they go out and execute based on that. He's a pretty good economist. I followed him in the past. I'm not going to say he's my favorite economist. But I'd say he's in the top five to ten. But the question is, how will the economy accelerate to above-trend growth? No, no, no. Will the economy accelerate to above-trend growth? The answer, yes, because the private sector is picking up, and there's going to be very little fiscal drag. Okay, so that's positive. Number two, will consumer spending improve? His answer, yes, because real incomes will grow, and savings rate room has room to decline. Number three, and again, we are a nation of consumers, paycheck to paycheck. That drives our services economy. Services economy is 70% plus of our economy. That's good things. Three, will capital expenditures rebound? Will capital expenditures rebound? Cap expenditures sometimes is shortened CapEx. And he goes, yes, because non-residential fixed investment will catch up to consumer demand. One of the negatives in the last two years is that even in light of the incredible low interest rates is that corporations weren't investing for future growth. They were investing for profits. Now, I don't care. I'll take either or. I go with the flow. I don't say that I have to have one thing and and snap me like a cracker if I'm wrong. So the CapEx is a big story. It's a concern that now is starting to come off the table, according to him. Number four, will housing continue to recover? Yes. The housing market showing renewed momentum. Now here's the things that I hate and I love about housing. Is the inventory levels are very, very low in parts of the country. Mortgage rates have gone from 3.5% for 30 year to 4.5% in the last year. Give or take based on your credit score, your capacity slash income, and your collateral of what you're putting down. So will housing continue to recover? Yes, he says. That's a positive on some levels. If you're 30 or younger and you don't own a house, it's looking bleaker and bleaker. Number five on questions that he's answering about the economy for 2014. And so far, four for four, he's pretty positive. Now, Goldman Sachs probably has a negative economist that they can truck out when the economy looks bad or let's say there's like a nuclear strike or some sort of negative event. So they probably do have that negative person out there who's waiting around the corner. 
the boogeyman, so to speak. Um, so you can't take what one comma says as the end-all, be-all. Okay? Number five, will labor force participation rate stabilize? Yes, but at a lower level than previously assumed. Okay. That's the first one that's okay, but not great. Number six, will profit margins contract? A lot of people think that the cost of doing business will go up, and thus the profits that we have left over will go down. He says, no, there's still plenty of slack in the labor market for this to be an issue. Number seven, again, these are the Goldman Sachs comes Jan Haters. He's out with his top ten questions for 2014, and he's answered them. Number seven, will core inflation stay below the 2% target? Yes. Very, very good. Now, we want inflation somewhere between 2 to 4%. We kind of want it Goldilocksian. We don't want it too hot. 4% is too hot. We don't want it too cold. 2% is okay. It's anemic. Now, inflation to you and me is a boogeyman. There's different types of inflation. Home inflation, woo If you own a home, you love it. If you don't, woo Wage inflation, woo You love it. If you're a corporation, boo, you hate it. Less profits. Um, so you see how inflation is a boogeyman? We haven't had a lot of inflation, yet we've had stock market asset inflation. We've had real estate asset inflation. We've had other types of inflation out there, food cost inflation. So he says, will quantitative easing three end in 2014? He says, yes. Now, that's positive and negative. If it ends, it's because of positive economic data, which is low inflation and better employment. You know, 6, 6.5% unemployment. Um, will the low cost of money end is another question. Uh, so that's the next question he answers. But the first one, the quantitative easing three, it's good and bad. You know, Fed buying debt has kept rates low on mortgages. It's kept rates low for borrowing on corporations. Um, there's going to be a shift as, you know, what's going to help the economy is less cheap money and more people with a paycheck. Sorry, people. you got to go back to work. Number nine on his list of ten questions answered about 2014. Will the market point to the first rate hike in 2016? Yes. So he thinks 2014 just started that the first interest rate hike is going to be pointed to at 2016. And let me guess what he's saying is the Federal Reserve, through their minutes, will say things along the lines of, employment's continuing to improve and inflation's continuing to be low. And once we're done wrapping up quantitative easing three in 2014, we're going to start thinking about raising short-term interest rates in 2016. We're not going to do it yet, but we're going to start thinking about it. And that opens the door for them to do it in late 2015, 2016 or late 2016. And the final question asked of the economist, Goldman's top economist, the most important question for 2014, he says, is will the secular stagnation theme gain more adherence? Um, And he says no. With a deleveraging cycle over, people will believe less in the idea that we're permanently doomed. So basically every answer if you look back at the 10 questions, has a bullish tilt, an okay to bullish tilt. The economy will be above trend. Margins will stay high. The Fed will stay accommodative. Inflation will remain super low. You couldn't ask for 10 better questions from an economist, in my opinion. 
no disrespect to Dr. Jeff Rosen, who couldn't be here today because he's traveling, or no, 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 he was meant to be traveling yesterday, but he's stuck. But I thought that was pretty interesting stuff. Goldman's top economist talking top 10 questions in 2014. Um, will consumer spending improve? Probably the most important one. Will businesses invest in themselves with capital expenditures? That's a nice one. They'll buy computers, they'll buy trucks, they'll buy equipment. Steel will be need to be made, aluminum will be need to be made. Trucks and trains will have to deliver this capital equipment. There's a lot of positives like in that. Now, again, we're not in the business of Pollyanna positives. That's not my job here. My job is to get you thinking about retirement, to get you to a million to two million dollars liquid per person in retirement. A million dollars will pay forty to sixty thousand dollars a year of income. That's not a lot of money when you start factoring in taxes and other issues, inflation. It's not a lot. It's okay. You could certainly live off of it. Anyhow, got an event coming up um, in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, January 16th, 6.30 to 9, with CFP Chad Burton. You can listen to a show today from 1 to 2 here on KDOW. Um, the event is 6.30 It's on income and retirement. A lot of us work from 20 to 60, and we don't know what we're going to do for income. It's not bonds. It's bonds and bonds alternatives. Sometimes it's corporate stock. Sometimes it's preferred. Sometimes it's real estate investment trusts that are publicly traded, not privately traded. Those can border on the edge of criminal at times, so be cautious on those. You can sign up for the event Thursday the 16th, 6.30 to 9.00 at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This top stories day is Christmas shopping went better than expected. Promotions and discounts offered by U.S. retailers grow a 2.7% increase in holiday season sales, despite a cold snap that kept some customers away from stores. The story inside this story is the compelling part. Fourth year in a row, consecutive of higher sales for Christmas. That's nice. The number of people walking into stores across the United States fell 14.6%. That tells you stay away from companies like JCPenney's and Sears. Stay away from maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, maybe Victoria's Secret with limited brands. People aren't going to stores. That's a pretty big, sizable drop. If Facebook said, we saw a 14.6% drop in people coming to Facebook this month, you'd be like, whoa, I can't buy that stock. So you've got to question retailers. I'm not saying you can't buy them. You've got to question them. What does it also tell you is that we saw a sales increase online is working really, really well. If we're not going to stores and yet we're somehow still shopping more, that, does that tell you Amazon's got some upside? 
I saw Amazon added another, you know, couple million plus Prime service users. Like a lot. So when you have Amazon Prime and you have the Kindle Fire, which is cheaper than an iPad, and they don't make money on it, it's a loss leader, you're more likely to spend about $400 a year shopping at Amazon just by having that device and or that service. They're not stupid. It's called a loss leader. Constellation Brands raises forecasts as beer sales soar. Who doesn't love a good Modelo? Especial Negro Modelo during the hot summer months. <laughs> Man, he's asleep at the board today. There we go. Companies in the U.S. added 238,000 jobs in December. A pickup in hiring at factories. Factories? Like, isn't it time for another Bruce Springsteen album when we hear factories are hiring? Born in the USA? Deep Freeze puts $5 billion chill on the economy. Um, the nice thing about that is that typically means we delay things, but it could also mean a disaster for a film. You know, films have uh, theater lifespans. A couple weeks here, three weeks, four weeks, pulling as maximum amount of money as they can. Ruby Tuesday stock is tanking today. A couple weeks ago, we did a story about how Red Lobster's falling apart. The quick casual restaurant, quick service restaurant, um, casual's going away. It's not going away. It's just the trend isn't there. The trend is in, let's go to Panera, get our food. We don't have to tip and go home. Let's go somewhere where we can stand in line, get our food. We don't have to tip and we can eat it there. Let's go for high-quality food that's not frozen. Google hits an all-time high of 11.49 today. Woohoo! Great Google movie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I'm overly calling for it. Yahoo! Marissa Mayer unveils content, ad tools, and revenue push. Uh, she is... Marissa Myers is turning into a show person. At the end of the day, she better have a product that delivers profits because their share of relevancy in search is, is shrinking. But whether she's getting David Pogue to talk about tech or Katie Kirk to stream about breaking news, um, if she can keep it cutting edge and timely, what is cutting edge and timely? What do we need our news? Twice a day? Ten times a day? Instant gratification? I'm not going to answer that. Because I don't know the answer to it. Comcast grows subscribers for the first time. And they showed some really cool stuff coming out of it's not CES, but a tech conference at CES. A voice-activated uh, remote control. On your DVR, if you've watched 13 episodes of The Blacklist, but you've skipped episode two, it'll show checkmark, checkmark, missed, checkmark, 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 checkmark. And they're like, isn't life cool? I'm like, that's not all that cool. That's okay, but it's not all that cool. Um, if you want to look at movies uh, you know, by Rotten Tomato scores, you can. If you want to rent or buy a movie, they were the number one seller of Fast and Furious 6. They were the top digital seller of Fast and Furious 6. Paul, Paul, turn! Oh, I guess I yelled that out a little too late. Um, tasteless, yes. But driving 100 miles per hour, also not a good idea. Especially when you're not a professional and you're in a car that is a race car. 
Um, the idea of me getting into a race car is ludicrous. <laughs> I'm still I still ride tricycles. So and weirdos in San Francisco ride the big giant three wheel tricycle. You are a weirdo. Just so you know. Alan Mulally is saying, I don't want to be CEO of Microsoft. Thank you for courting me. But no. Jilted. Microsoft CEO job search continues. They're probably going to go with Elop out of Nokia. That's the thought. Um, good choice. Not the greatest choice, but good choice. Uh, the question is, will Microsoft focus on the consumer, focus on the enterprise, do things as they've always done, split something off, uh, invest in the future? All things considered, that's a company that's focused really hardcore on profits in the last 10 years, and they did well on profits. They didn't do well on growth, but they did well on profits. Sony's going to offer a web-based TV service. Yeah, we'll see. I, we have to reason, we have to look at everything with a leery eye until it doesn't prove to be a leery eye. SP 500 up one, the Dow down 57, the Nasdaq up 17. Big income in retirement alternative to bond strategy event coming up at the Elks Club in Palo Alto next Thursday, the 16th from 6:30 to 9. Sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.